And thanks for joining the Joshua Nation's Inheritance Podcast, where we discuss God, the Bible, and God's purpose for your life. Be inspired and encouraged to engage in transforming the world around you. I'm going to talk to you this morning about focusing your vision. And uh, it is important as leaders that we continue to focus, expand, to grow, and to chase after the vision that God has put in our hearts. In Proverbs 28, 19, says, He who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows uh, frivolity will have enough poverty. So those who work will have plenty, but those who don't work uh, won't have plenty. And I've traveled all across the world and visited many of you in your nations, and I find in some places some of the most hardworking individuals I've ever seen. And then in other places I've seen where men are literally laying on wooden benches outside their, their homes all day long and not working at all. And uh, they wonder why they don't have enough food or provision to take care of their families. And it's because they don't work. They don't uh, put their hand to the plow, as uh, scripture would say. In Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2 says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Vision sees God's hand in history and moves the future towards the rule of Jesus Christ. So when you have vision, you see what God is doing. It's almost like his almighty sovereign hand coming from heaven, reaching into time, grabbing hold of what's going on. And he, he's coming outside of time, but he's intervening into our timeline as, as we understand it. And then it moves things towards the future that lines up with what his word says. So this is the kind of vision that we want to embrace, that we want to grab onto. Godly vision is a rock solid hope. It is a hope that's anchored in God and his promises. Many times we as leaders, uh, we allow two things to happen. We get vision from God, which is inspired by him, but we also have our own visions and our own desires. These are fleshly ambitions that sometimes can happen um, just because of who we are and our personality. There's nothing wrong with those things unless they are contrary to what God has for us. But we need to be discerning and understand uh, which things come from God. So therefore, any kind of big vision that the Lord is putting in your heart, you need to make sure that you bathe that vision in prayer and that you ask the Holy Spirit to breathe life on it and give you direction for it. And we'll continue talking about uh, vision today. Uh, A leader will see further and more clearly than other people. And that's because of the vision that God puts in their heart. Now, uh, there's times in our lives where it feels like we can't see very far into the future. Now, I'm not talking about prophetic, but I'm talking about uh, there's times where uh, you you don't even know what the next day looks like. And in, in the scripture and Psalms that talks about uh, your word is a light unto my feet 
and a lamp unto my path. When you think about that, the light only shines enough distance for you to see to take your next one or two steps. It doesn't go very far. And so sometimes as we are leading, uh, the Lord only gives us one or two steps in the future. But often as a leader with the vision, even if you only see one or two steps into the future, you have an idea down the road of where you're going. And so you may not be able to see all the obstacles along the way, but you will know that I'm going in the right direction because I know where the end of the path is, but I don't know all the things I'm going to encounter between here and there. But as a leader, you can see more, more clearly and you can see further than other people. So doesn't mean you're going to be able to avoid all the obstacles or that you're, you won't have any obstacles, but you can see where you're going down the road. I love uh, serving with, uh, with Russ and Billy uh, and, and all of you because you all have vision that you can see where God is taking us. Now, we don't know exactly what the next day or the next year looks like, but you know that God has propelled us forward to establish disciple-making movements, to train nations, and to see churches planted and transformed by the gospel of Jesus. We see that. We see it prophetically, and we know that's what God has, and it's prophetic because it's in the Bible. And it's the fulfillment of the Great Commission. And all of you on here, I know, have that similar kind of vision. God-given vision uh, calls to you in the night, and it will focus you in the day. And I don't know about you, but there's times at night, um, and, and it's not necessarily specific to the nighttime, but where the vision of God burns in my heart, and it just pulls me into the future. It pulls me into the future, and it's like you can hear God calling and saying, I want you to take a next step. I want you to uh, take a leap of faith, a bold step. And therefore, as that calling comes to you during the day, as you are spending time communing with God, it will focus your vision and give you the clarity so that you can take the right next step. Your vision for ministry is a reflection of what God wants to accomplish through you. What you want to do for God is a reflection of what he wants to do through you. And that means he also needs to do this in you. So in order for vision to take place, you got to allow that vision of God to work itself out in your spirit. Spiritual vision occurs when God conveys to you his will for the future. And by the Holy Spirit, you are then responsible on your own level, on your own strength to make that vision a reality. So no matter how big that vision is and what that thing is that God has communicated to you, there is a responsibility for us to partner with him, allow that Holy Spirit to empower you, but then you are responsible to actually carry it out. We, we can't just sit back and think that God's going to make everything happen. There are some uh, prophetic scriptures. There's one in Isaiah that I love. Uh, and uh, the prophet is talking about uh, the kingdom of God being established on the earth. And it says the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. But um, even in places where we've seen 
the zeal of the Lord, where God's coming and having those Saul to Paul miraculous moments, those dreams and visions, those miracles, the, the wild things, there still is an element of humans partnering with God. And so therefore, even though God has given you this incredible vision, you still have to partner with him so that the Holy Spirit can move through you and it can be done. So you're a steward of the vision that God puts in your heart. All right. But number one, vision will confirm leadership. Vision will confirm leadership. Uh, Christian godly leaders can be defined as people of character, people of integrity. And uh, I, I think uh, we're going to need uh, Russ to, to share on integrity. He's finished a book on integrity. Uh, I think it's titled The Fight for Integrity. And I think uh, that's something that perhaps... Uh, between now and the end of the year, if his schedule will allow, he could spend a couple sessions uh, teaching through some of that. And uh, we'll figure out a way where we can get a copy of that book to you guys as well. But Christian leaders, godly leaders, you and me, we are defined as people of integrity and character who know where they're going and have influence. Now, if you don't have any influence, if you don't have anyone following you, you're not leading most likely, though, uh, even in your own home um, or to some degree, you have uh, incredible influence. And it's not too often that I find someone who loves Jesus that is not a leader of some sort. God requires that we be godly people, bold people who cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, uh, the fruit of the Spirit we know is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And those are the things that we must cultivate in our lives and cultivate in our leadership. And then the Lord will point us towards the destiny that he has for us. Jeremiah 29 11 says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Thoughts of peace, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. And then as we share God's vision, he brings people to us who embrace the vision and help make it a reality. When you get a God-given vision, it becomes uh, attractive. It becomes uh, something that inspires people and it will, it, will, it will like reach into their heart and it will pull them forward. And as, as God puts that vision in us, then it will pull that uh, those other people towards the vision. In order to be a healthy leader, uh, do you have to have a charismatic personality? No, not necessarily. Do you have to be the most extroverted, exciting, emotional, uh, captivating person? No. Some of those things can help, but uh, when you have God's vision inside of you and you are obedient then the vision, when other people can see it and hear it, they will be challenged to come alongside. Now, there's a lot of people I share about the vision of Joshua Nations, and it scares them. And so uh, because of the nature of what we do, uh, not every believer is, is 
propelled to come join us in that vision. Uh, but in their heart, truth uh, is illuminated. Something inside them says, yes, I, I agree. I believe in this. And even if they don't volunteer, even if they don't go, even if they don't give, uh, they agree because this is a vision that has come from God. That brings me to the second point. Vision comes from God. A vision from God will be preceded uh, by a, vi uh, a greater vision of God. Let me repeat that. A vision from God will be preceded by a greater vision of God. So what does that mean? That means uh, before you can think about a vision uh, to do something for God, you need to have an intimate relationship with God. There's no other way. We need to have a communing relationship with God. We need to have intimacy with God. We need to be close to him. I often think about Psalm 91. And most people think of Psalm 91 as a, a chapter that is all about God protecting us, keeping us safe. Uh, but I love certain things within that particular uh, that concept of, of Psalm 91, and it's a truth. It's not a, it's not a false concept, but when you look at the illustration there, uh, God brings us into the shadow of the Almighty. He brings us under his wing. Now, if you're sitting in a place where you have a, a light at the top of your room or you're outside, look down, look and find your shadow. And uh, I don't see anybody looking down. But if you look down and you see your shadow, it's close by. And in order for someone to be in your shadow, they would have to be very close. So as we come into God's shadow under his wing, we are very close. And this is where we find that we're able to commune with God, learn from him, hear his heartbeat, hear his whispers, and we don't have to be away across the room for him to shout at us and tell us, hey, come over here. Let's do something together. I have a plan for you. We are close to him. And as we are close to him, we get his secrets. We get his insight. We get that, that intimacy that a, a father would be telling a child that's sitting in their lap. That's where we get vision from God. That's where we get that insight. Proverbs 28, 19 says, where there is no continuing redemptive revelation of God, the people of God are in a state of wasting away. Now that's a different translation than you might be uh, familiar with. Uh, but when there is no continuing redemptive revelation, the people of God will waste away. Now, a lot of times we commit ourselves to do something for God because he called us. He gave us a vision. And I know that God has called you to do something for him. But when is the last time you heard God calling to you? Was it 20 years ago? Was it 30 years ago? Was it 50 years ago? I don't know. I know there are a handful of folks on here that are older than 50, but when's the last time you heard God call to you? And if it was a long time ago, 
then uh, let me ask, have you been chasing after the vision that God put in your heart? But we all know that God continues to speak today. And along the way in our journey, he continues to call us to do new things. He doesn't always shift us in a whole different direction. But even Russ, uh, just in the last uh, year, uh, the Lord has clearly given him seven new assignments for this season. And uh, he's chasing after those things. And uh, by God's grace, they, they also line up with the vision of Joshua Nations. And so I'm very grateful for that. So vision comes from God. Number three, your church or your ministry's vision should be connected to God's kingdom vision. There's a lot of kingdoms that are being built out there that don't connect to God's kingdom vision. God's pointing his leaders today beyond those temporal things to those which are eternal. This should be the case all the time, but a lot of times we get focused on building up the organization, building the buildings, uh, acquiring the property, uh, growing the team, uh, doing a new thing, a new outreach. Those are fine if that lines up with God's kingdom vision and that's what he's called you to do. But if you're just building your own kingdom, building your own ministry, you're building your own organization for the sake of building it, and it's not connected to God's kingdom vision that he wants to fulfill through you, then perhaps you're missing what God wants. Even worse, perhaps you're being disobedient, chasing your own dreams and your own visions and allowing his to flow through you. Philippians 3.8 says, I count all things for loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I might gain Christ. God wants to stretch us beyond our own temporal, earthly vision and allow his kingdom, eternal vision to flow through us. Isaiah 11.9 says, The earth shall be full of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. And so that is our, that is our common vision that we all have. It's a, it's a great commission vision. It's a prophetic vision. It's, it's to see the task finished vision that the whole earth be full of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Any church, any ministry, anything that we do that's not seriously committed to finishing or helping finish the Great Commission, I'm very concerned about it. I've, I've uh, actually heard uh, Dr. David Shibley, who leads Global Advance, he's made this statement, which I agree with. Any church that is not actively engaged in missions has forfeited its right to exist. That's a powerful statement. And I think that's something that we need to really uh, think about if we're not actively engaged in helping to fulfill the Great Commission, then we forfeit our right to exist. That's a powerful, bold statement. A lot of times we, we, are, uh, we get into a maintenance mode. Uh, we, even as leaders, we can just maintain things rather than uh, pursuing the vision that God has put in us and wants to work through us. 
And if we get in that maintain mode, just to keep things going, then at some point uh, we are actually, I believe, forfeiting our right to be a leader. I know that was hard, right? <laughs> if we're just maintaining and not pursuing the things that God has put in us and wants to work through us, then I believe we end up forfeiting our right to be a leader. God doesn't want things to go stagnant or to die. We don't find anywhere in Scripture that he condones sitting down, being complacent, being lazy, just maintaining. Uh, it's always in the pursuit of his purposes. And that's pursuing the lost. It's pursuing the broken. It's pursuing nations that are dark, pursuing people groups that have never heard. It's pursuing areas within our cities and our nations that need the hope of Jesus. And uh, when we stop doing it, then we give up. So today, if you're sitting there and listening and you're thinking, wow, I've been in a maintained mode, even over the last uh, six, seven months, you've just been trying to keep things together. God is saying, move forward, move on, pursue the vision, pray into uh, my new strategies for you. God has given the church new strategies, the global church. He's given us new strategies to accomplish the vision that he's put in our hearts. The way we go about doing ministry looks a little bit different. Maybe it will look different going forward. We don't really know. But his vision does not cease. His purposes do not cease. The desire to reach the lost does not cease. And so we can't just sit down and lean back and say, oh, God's going to get it done. Your vision should be tied to the greater vision of God's eternal kingdom and the worldwide worship of his son, Jesus. Amen. Number four, your vision should be large enough to honor God and attract people. A wise man once said, uh, always dream big dreams. It doesn't cost any more to dream big dreams than to dream little dreams. And you will never realize a dream you do not have. Let me say that once more. A wise man said, always dream big dreams. It does not cost any more to dream big dreams than to dream little dreams. And you'll never realize a dream that you do not have. And so if you have a dream from God, uh, make sure it's a big one. And make sure it's big. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything to dream. There's no money involved. You just dream. And I'll tell you this. If it's a dream that can be accomplished in your own strength, in your own uh, persistence, in your own dedication, then it's probably not God. God gives us dreams that are so big that we have to rely upon him. Uh, we have to pull upon his grace. We have to pull upon his strength. And it, it propels us forward and it stretches us and it increases our faith. And so that vision needs to be so big that it honors God, but it also attracts other people. And so sometimes uh, I'll meet someone and, and they'll share the dream or the vision that God has put in their heart. And it's big, it's huge, and it's scary. I think, wow, that is amazing. And I ask the Lord, you know, is this, is this something that comes from you? And uh, even if it's bigger than that person, it's beyond their capacity. It's beyond their intellect. It's beyond their skill. 
It's beyond their giftedness. But if it's a vision and a dream that came from God, then it excites me because I want to see that thing done. And I think that's one of the cool, awesome things about Joshua Nations. The dream and the vision is bigger than any of us. And I know uh, many of you uh, who've shared your own dreams and visions, uh, they're much bigger than what you could accomplish in your own strength. And that's a good thing because it keeps you uh, reaching for him. It keeps you stretching your faith. It keeps you walking forward so that you can see his will uh, accomplished here on the earth. God is at work changing people, nations, and the entire world. And if we can get a hold of his heart, our vision's going to be very, very large, very big. Number five, vision and faith go hand in hand. Vision will inspire faith, and faith in turn will enlarge your vision. Vision will inspire your faith, and faith will in turn enlarge your vision. Without faith, your vision doesn't grow. Without vision, your faith is not inspired. I find all this starts in prayer. When you spend time with God, God will, will, will give you, he'll like download vision, download vision, download vision. And I think, wow, that's amazing. Lord, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And then uh, he say, you know, you just say yes. You just be obedient. And together we're going to see this done. It inspires my faith. I say yes. We pursue the vision as a co-laborer with God. And it starts to happen. And then it inspires my faith, which causes my vision to keep growing and to keep growing and to keep growing. God gave a faith-building exercise to Abraham when he told him to count the stars. Have you ever tried to count the stars? Well, uh, I know in India and Pakistan, sometimes it may be difficult to see the stars with the pollution, but uh, when you can see the stars, uh, there's so many. Now, we live in the mountain area of Colorado, uh, or very close to the mountains, and I'll go spend time with my family in the mountains and and Villy's family and my family, we went camping. And to us, it's like a mission trip in the U.S. with no, with no people to reach. It's just we're going to go spend time in a difficult area. And for some reason, we enjoy this. And so we're sleeping on the ground outside um, under the stars. And uh, each night I would look up and see how many stars. And I was talking to my son, Judah. And I was like, can you imagine Abraham trying to count the stars? And uh, he's familiar with the, with the passage in the Bible. But what a faith-building exercise for Abraham at that time to look up and to look at all these stars. And God's saying, you know, I'm going to multiply you beyond the number of the stars. He was, God was strengthening Abraham's faith to inherit the promises that he had given to him. Romans 4, 18 and 19 says, For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable of God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things uh, by one may edify another. So this encourages, edifies one another. It strengthens us. And I hope even as I'm sharing these things today 
that your faith and your vision is being challenged, edified, strengthened, stretched, and propelled even into the future. Uh, many of you may know the missionary, uh, the great Hudson Taylor, and uh, he, he said this. He said, we have heard of many people who trusted God too little, but have you ever heard of anyone who trusted him too much? Have you ever heard of anyone trusting God too much? I haven't. Uh, we're invited to desire the best things from God. In 1 Corinthians 12, 31, it says that we should desire the best gifts and uh, the Lord will show us the, mo the more excellent way. We need to desire the gifts from God, desire all the spiritual blessings. As a, as a child of God, as a son, as a daughter, uh, we don't have any uh, ladies with us right now, but, um, but as one who is adopted and brought into the family of God, it says that we have the right and the access to every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing that uh, God has is available to us. And we need to desire those things. We need to come boldly to the throne. We need to understand that as we are part of his family, part of his kingdom, that those things are ours. It doesn't mean that he automatically gives you every gift. That doesn't mean if you've never prophesied, you all of a sudden become a prophet. But we desire those things, we believe for those things, and at the right time, God will potentially give you those things or allow you to use those things. And uh, so, so step into those things, and that's, that is an exercise of faith. Number six, clear vision mobilizes people to act. Uh, without vision, there's not going to be any action. Um, if there's action without vision, uh, to me, that seems like maybe something that uh, uh, is unfruitful. Uh, in the natural, it sounds like a circus. Uh, just there's there's nothing happening. Just a lot of lot of activity, a lot of activity. But clear vision will mobilize people to act. If the people perish without a vision, how much more does the leader perish without the vision? And all of you are leaders. Without vision, life has no focus. But with a clear vision, everything on the inside of you stands at attention and it reports for service. When you get a vision, then you, you're, it's like your spirit stands up and says, yes, Lord, I am ready to go. I'm ready to do what you want. You're ready to, to, to engage. It's almost like a soldier who's been called by a commanding officer and, and they stand up, stand at attention. They're ready to go and uh, ready to pursue the task at hand. And so we are people that not only receive from the Lord vision, but we also need to disseminate vision because there's a bunch of people, a bunch of believers, a bunch of Christians who are sitting on their behinds, not reporting for service. They're doing nothing. They're showing up on Sundays and if you're lucky, they take some money out of their pocket and they put it in the offering, but they're not doing anything else. Why is that? Part of it's our problem <laughs> because we haven't clearly articulated the vision. We haven't equipped them for service and therefore they don't know what to do. And they've become conditioned that their responsibility is to show up on Sundays and to take a little money and put it in the offering. And that's the extent of their service to the Lord. 
that's not the entire story. We know there's a lot of people who are, who are reluctant and disobedient, but I want to challenge you that sometimes this happens because we haven't put the vision in front of the people. We haven't given them a clear path to engage and it hasn't called them to attention. And so I know one thing that uh, when, when I hear Russ uh, speak, it calls something to attention in me like, yes, I want to get engaged in that. Uh, when I hear a Dr. James Chaco speak about uh, missions or evangelism, it calls something to attention. I say, yes, I want to get engaged with that. And all of us have that. All of us have that gift. All of us have that purpose. So just remind yourself and allow the Holy Spirit uh, to call people forth with the vision from God. And it will help mobilize them to act. Number seven, vision brings priorities to life. Without vision, you won't have priorities. You won't have order. You won't have the ability to put things into a process or to a plan. And so uh, without that vision, then we just go through the day and we allow the day to control us. We allow the week to control us. We allow the month to control us. We allow this year of 2020 that I think was designed by Satan himself to control us. But instead, when we have vision from God, we see that this year is the greatest opportunity that we've had in a lifetime. Although it may be challenging, this has been a wonderful opportunity to pursue the things from God, to draw closer to him, and to call people into relationship with him. But that's because we have a vision that lines up with God, a vision that lines up with his kingdom. But if we didn't, like many people in the world, we find that this has been a horrible time, a horrible time, a difficult time, and therefore life controls them. There's no priorities and they're not able to make sense of life right now. Without a clear vision, we tend to make choices that are based on whatever's happening to us. And therefore, what we don't realize is sometimes that means we are actually being controlled by the enemy. When we allow life to control us by the things that bombard us, when we allow the things that bombard us, the distractions that come in all day and it controls us because we have no vision, we have no priorities, then the distractions that come from the enemy end up controlling us. And even if you have not submitted yourself to the enemy, you're allowing him to control your day. You're allowing him to control your priorities. And in a way, you're serving his purposes, his little kingdom purposes, his demonic kingdom purposes. I know this is hard stuff. This is difficult because when you realize that just distractions can get you off course, when just distractions change your priorities, they can chip away at your vision. And then before you know it, you've served a whole day, a whole week, a whole month or years. You serve the enemy's vision rather than pursuing God's vision. Number eight, vision does not diminish risk. It will increase risk. How many of you like to take risks? Risk is sometimes scary but it's also exciting. God-given vision moves us past what's comfortable to a new vision that requires more energy, more resources, and more risk. We're forced to exercise faith in God 
were forced to exercise faith in his promises. Since vision literally changes the future, there's no way to avoid risk. In most ventures, risk is in direct proportion to the size of opportunity. And this is a financial principle, but this is a life principles. In most ventures, risk is directly proportionate to the size of the opportunity. The more you risk, the more opportunity there is for a great payoff. Now, we're not gambling. We're not uh, putting money into stocks and investments. That's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about investing our life, investing our family, investing our ministry. And the more we risk in obedience to God, the more opportunity there is. I had someone ask me the other day, we have a Bible school here at our church. And uh, someone was asking me really how to get engaged in ministry. And um, the person was looking for someone to hire them as an employee to go do something that they want to do. They want to be a teacher. And they said, well, no one's given me an opportunity. Uh, I want to do this. And, uh, but there's no positions available. And they asked me, what did you do? And I said, I quit my job. And I had two weeks, either God provided, or I would be on the streets with my wife and children homeless. I've done that twice. I've given up everything at God's direction to pursue what he told me to do. I gave them the monetary number. I gave them the number of money uh, that uh, my salary and my wife's salary uh, made up uh, when we quit. And it was big. <laughs> it was a lot. And anyone here in the United States would think that we had lost our minds. But it was an incredible leap of faith. It was risk and the opportunity of the payoff in obedience to God was tremendous. So when God gives you a great vision, it doesn't mean the risk goes down. The risk goes up. But if it's from God and you know it's from God, then you know it's going to happen. You just don't know how. You just have to say yes and pursue it. All right, number nine, as we're wrapping up, a healthy vision has healthy components. Healthy components to your vision. And here's, here's three components that you need to uh, make sure that you have in your vision. Number one, it needs to be clearly understood. It needs to be clearly understood by you. And you need to be able to clearly communicate it. If you can't communicate this vision to a, a child, then you have not understood it yet. I'm not talking about clearly communicating to a two-year-old, uh, but my son is 11. Uh, one of my sons is 11. I have a 25-year-old son who's adopted, and I have a four-year-old son. Um, but if I can't clearly communicate my vision that God has given to me to my 11-year-old where he understands it and then understands the steps to go forward, then it's not understood. And so you have to make sure that the vision is clearly understood for you and that you can clearly communicate it. Uh, the second thing is a healthy vision is possible. Now, I know that seems in direct uh, opposition to the risk-taking and the faith, that large, extreme, huge vision but a healthy vision will stretch us uh, beyond what's possible, but it takes us to a place where we can do it. So what this means is that God is going to increase your capacity. He's going to stretch your faith. He's going to increase your capacity. He's going to give you and strengthen your skills 
He will bring people around you and that vision is possible, but it's only possible through him. So you have to balance those things in faith. So faith makes the impossible possible. Without faith, you just have an impossible dream. With faith, you have a possible dream with the power of the Holy Spirit that can be done. And the third thing is a healthy vision is passionate. A wise man once said, passion is to the Great Commission Christian as what money is to a banker. Without passion, uh, honestly, my friends, we're kind of worthless as Christian leaders. (laughs) Without passion, uh, we're worthless as missions-minded men. When someone talks to me, um, I can talk about lots of different things. I like to study and learn about different things in the world. And and, uh, I like sports. I like technology. uh, I like current events. I like history. I've read lots of classic literature. Uh, But when you talk about missions and God's kingdom and finishing the Great Commission and unreached people and the nations, I hope you always hear passion in me. And if you don't hear passion in me, then you tell me because then I need to get on my face from God and get a download of passion because this is like money. It's like fire. It's like fuel that keeps us going to do what God has said. And without passion, the vision that God has put in your heart for church, for ministry, for leadership, for reaching the lost, for winning your nations, it won't happen. You have to have passion. It's like Jeremiah 20 and verse 9, where it's like the fire in our bones. The fire in my bones is finishing the Great Commission. I want to see it done before I die. And I believe that it can be, and I believe that it will be. That's what fuels me. That's my passion. I believe it will happen. And that comes from the Holy Spirit of God. So as we conclude, uh, uh, write this down. You can check it out later. I'll send you the notes as well. Uh, Nehemiah 4.14. Uh, all talking about rebuilding the wall. This is a great, great uh, leadership principles here. Uh, It's bigger than we are. It goes beyond our lifetime. It endures opposition. It lines up with God's purposes. It's something that uh, we just have to say yes and pursue. Um, It requires prayer, requires planning, uh, requires preparation, and then we have to pursue it. So these are things that uh, you can learn as you just study uh, Nehemiah. Uh, But I could talk about this for hours and hours. Uh, As I conclude this, let me say uh, a clear vision from God is essential for your leadership. Today, uh, let me uh, just ask you or encourage you, and maybe you've already had your quiet time or you will have another one. Ask God for a clear vision that comes straight from the throne room, write it down, and then you start pursuing it to see it fulfilled. Just ask God. A lot of times we don't have fresh vision because we haven't asked God. So ask God today for fresh vision, write it down, and begin pursuing it. Thank you for joining Joshua Nations on this episode of the Inheritance Podcast. For more information about the ministry of Joshua Nations, please go to www.joshuanations.org. To join our prayer movement, please go to prayer.joshuanations.org. We hope you will join us for the next episode of the Joshua Nations Inheritance Podcast. May God bless you.